Hello and welcome to another episode of Jumpcast. Uh, sorry we weren't here last week. We um, all collectively fell into the realm of the unwell. Uh, clearly, I'm still not sounding amazing, so we'll persevere. Uh, probably not an hour and a half megathon as it normally is, but we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, this week as well is going to be a multiverse special because as it happens, in all universes except this one, there was only one multiverse release within seven days of each other. Um, but in this one, we have two. We have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, one you might have heard of, and Everything Everywhere All at Once, which you're going to be hearing a lot about in the coming episodes. Joining me in this big, scary multiverse special is Alex Gilston. Hello, hello, hello there. Hello, hello, hello there yourself. And Charlotte Harrison, ahoy. Ahoy. Okay, how are we doing, guys? Um, feeling better than last week? Uh, Alex, how, how are you doing? Um, I am going to keep it in the spirit of showbiz and pretend that everything is fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm brilliant. I'm, I'm absolutely wonderful. Excellent. Excellent. That's, I like to hear it. I like to hear nothing but positivity. Uh, toxic positivity, preferable. But, you know, I'll, go with, <laughs> I'll go with normal positivity for now. Um, Charlotte, how about yourself? Um, not so great, but getting there. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. Just keeping swimming, keeping swimming, which is, to be honest, it's the most we can hope for. I feel like we're getting to a point now, with just you know, with things opening up again, things are, what's the phrase, going around, and yeah, it's. God, it's like we've learned nothing from the last two years. Just a quick soapbox moment before we get into like the film stuff. Um, but yeah, like the fact that we're now opening everything up after two years of being very careful about transmitting illnesses, and now we're just very again, kind of like, oh well, you know, there's something going round. Oh, it's a shame, isn't it? It's just like what. We've all been just taking so much care, and now we're all just like, "Oh yeah, someone's got the cold. Never mind." <laughs> and What's yeah, I work uh, working at a school. It's like working in a petri dish <laughs> with fifteen hundred <laughs> students, one hundred and fifty staff, and it does feel like, as a nation, like you just said about, "Oh, it's just a cold. Push through. Carry on." Maybe if we stepped away for the day when we had yeah. the cold, it might stop the spread. Fingers, well, you would have thought so, wouldn't it? But fingers crossed anyone has that kind of common sense. (laughs) Uh, Alex, you were going to say something. Uh, Yes, well, I mean, we wouldn't be human if that isn't exactly what we did. (laughs) That's very true. Well, I can't speak for Alex because he's he's, he's feeling great, as he just said. I'm so well. So So well well right now. Are you feeling good as hell? I am, as our Lord and Saviour would say. He has got his hair tossed and he's checking his nails as we speak. Uh, and Charlotte and I have our fingers over the cough buttons, so this should be fun. <laughs> Which I'm sure are going to be in very good use uh, as we go into a somewhat reduced news segment. Actually, before we do that, we normally do our, our bits and pieces about what we've been watching over the last week. Uh, so, with that spirit of things, let's go over the last two weeks. 
uh, Charlotte, what's been catching your catching your eye? Right, I'm going to have a soapbox moment. Soapbox moment. Um, Below Deck comes on Amazon every Tuesday and Friday currently. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. And um, <laughs> lately, for whatever reason, Amazon haven't been putting it up on the day it should be up. They've been putting it up the next day or the evening of the next day. And it's really been bugging me. So Amazon, if you're listening, Below Deck Tuesday happens on Tuesday. I've seen it's up already, <laughs> as long as it doesn't disappear while we're recording this. Oh. But keep Below Deck on Tuesday. Um, in more positive news, but also sad, I finished The Expanse, which is also on Amazon. Oh, yes. It, it's, it. Yeah. it's finished. I've done it. And I feel quite oh. sad. You absolutely rinsed through that. There were only six episodes in season six, if that helps. Ah, uh, okay. Because it was fair. finance and I mean, COVID, I think. I'm not judging. I'm just saying you, no. you, you speed it. <laughs> I went through the speed of light for the first couple of series and then I stopped and started around uh, five and six, really. I think because I knew it was going to finish. Um, It's a really good ending, I thought. Hmm. It might be... I'm going to say it. One of the best science fiction shows of this decade. Wow. Maybe this century so far. I might go that far. Oh, it's wow. very, very good. And I miss the characters a lot. They did really, and that's a cliche, feel like friends. And now they've left me and I'm in the abyss. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's really lovely. Is it coming back for a series seven? No, I think that's it from what I gather. <gasps> oh, no. It's done. If it is, and I think if it is, it is the best ending to end it on. Okay, nice. As far as I'm aware, it's the end. She says frantically googling and hopefulness while <laughs> Alex speaks. <laughs> oh goodness! Well, for Charlotte's yeah, family's sake. Oh, it's cancelled. Oh no! Oh. Oh, it, oh, is it? Yes. Oh, uh, hang about. What is oh. this? A shocking development. November. T- no way. <gasps> You're hearing this live, finale? everyone. Seventh season coming November 20th, 2022. No, shit the bed. This has just been announced. Oh my gosh. This is different to the when I googled Expanse coming back. Oh. Wow. Oh, it, okay. Yes. It's the seventh time that the Expanse season seven has been revived. That was the 11th of April. Interesting. Well, it's neither announced nor cancelled. What is it? Schrodinger's cat. Yes, Schrodinger's expanse. <laughs> Fuck it. Anyway, t- to be continued on that one. Okay. Well, I think that gives us plenty of time to catch up if there is a series seven. So. Yeah, sixty-two episodes. You can do it. That's fine. Yeah, that's easily doable. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that somebody has a lot of TV that they want to get through first. Um, more specifically. Down to Earth, and more specifically, Downton. Am I right in that <laughs> assumption, Alex? Yeah, I seem to be doing a little bit of a thing where, because I'm watching it with a couple of friends, so it's hard to like get the time together. But when we do, we end up watching like an entire series in one go. Right. Yeah. So like we we have big breaks, but then we're like, yeah, we'll just we'll just watch so many episodes. Uh, I think we just finished series three. Series three had some pretty bombshell moments. No spoilers for people who haven't watched it, who want to watch it ever. I would recommend it wholeheartedly. It's brilliant. 
Um, but yeah. Uh, other things though, I mean, I'm on a bit of a film. Um, I'm on burnout at the moment. I mean, I've watched eight films this month so far, and we're on the seventeenth or eighteenth as of the day of recording. And four of those films, well, are, are rewatches. Well, two, as in Doctor Strange twice and Everything Everywhere All at Once twice. <laughs> so <laughs> it, there's not much variety. <laughs> no. But what can you do? Um, talking of TV shows ending, but ending for good, uh, Derry Girls is coming to an end, which I'm really, really sad about. Um, I'll probably be watching the last episode after we uh, come off uh, recording this. I say last episode, even though there's a special episode, an extra episode. Tomorrow. Um, tomorrow. Wednesday. As of the, the yeah. recording. Um, but yeah, it's still sad to see them go. I'm, I'm very emotional about that. Aww. Because if you didn't already know, Derry Girls is incredible. Top-notch comedy TV. I st- I'm still yet to actually get through it. It's just not good enough, Simon. I know. I know. I'm a, I'm a terrible human being. What can I say? Um, <laughs> uh, well, for, for, for my side, I've been a bit rubbish on the old TV front, but I have been listening to a lot of new music. Um, oh. Yes. So a load of a load of things came out pretty much in the space of two weeks. So uh, you have Arcade Fire's new album, We, which is, I think, the best thing they've done in about 10 years. It is incredibly good. Um, I listened to it over and over again on a road trip uh, in tandem with the new Kendrick Lamar album, uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Uh, which is just so good, and what a follow-up to Damn, which is uh, looked forever to be like an impossible-to-follow album, and this is just, um, yeah, completely disproving that suggestion altogether, which is great, and especially exciting to to, to my tastes uh, more than anything. I mean, already <laughs> loving Arcade Fire and uh, Kendrick is... The new My Chemical Romance song. <gasps> I, you know what? I listened to it at the second it dropped, and I listened to it again, and then I listened to it with my eyes closed, and I listened to it in the dark, and I just kept going. This is fantastic. This is so good, and it really is. I hope this means that there'll be an album again soon, possibly. Um. Funnily enough, I might be seeing. In fact, I am seeing them at Milton Keynes <laughs> this weekend coming. Oh, it's amazing! I am. Oh my god, I am thrilled beyond words. And the fact that it's happening, like these are tickets that I bought in January 2020 for Holy. June 2020, thinking, oh. oh my god, I'm going to see them in five months. In <laughs> five months and two years. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it feels very wow. real. It's just so exciting. I'm so excited, guys. Uh, but anyway, we said we weren't going to take it's a long one, then we're yeah. only 10 minutes in. So I I warned that this would be a, a truncated news segment. Uh, and sure enough, it is. So we're going to roll straight into it. And we begin with news from Pixar, of all places. So off the back of what is, I mean, we've said before, but they haven't had a dip 
they've had one or two films which have not been at the same level, but they have been on the same form as they have been for forever. And now they are announced, they have announced a film coming out next year, 2023. Hopefully get this gets a cinema release. Elemental. The idea being that this is a world with, well, as you've already guessed for the, from the name, living embodiments of the four elements. So air, fire, water, and land, earth, whatever you want to call it. And they've released, so they've released the name, they've released that it's going to be coming next summer. Uh, the 16th of June is the current uh, current release date. Um, and they've given some uh, concept art as well. I mean, it looks very Pixar in terms of um well in terms in terms of imagery um but this is going to be directed by the good dinosaurs director peter stone who i believe also worked on was it onward he did oh that's putting me on the spot Uh, having a quick look uh partly cloudy the short okay yep okay he's done monsters Ah. university luca ratatouille He's also worked on Lightyear as well. Nice. Okay, so yeah, he's um, like Domishi, kind of part of the fabric of Pixar for a long, old time, um, and getting a getting a big, big release again. Well, after Good Dinosaur, of course, but I think he was brought to that fairly late from memory. Um, I think there was somebody else in charge of that for a while. So this will be uh, the one that he really wants to do. Uh, and so from what we've seen so far, I know that um, Alex is particularly excited about this. So Alex, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on Elemental, what we've seen so far? I can just see the articles already. The Good Dinosaur <laughs> wasn't that great, but Peter Soane's new Pixar film, Elementals, is what, blah, blah, blah. I could just see it happening. The Good Dinosaur is a good film. <laughs> Agreed. Sorry, Agreed. I quite, um, it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, looks very good. Sounds cool i feel like the scope for a very interesting story and also very interesting animation and it's pixar come on you know me yeah it's it's like i said they're on a good run um and charlotte what about yourself how are your feelings towards elemental again what we've seen so far the concept art is stunning i'm just looking at it right now and i'm just imagining it full scale and it's going to be glorious i think it's oh, interesting yeah. that the release date they've penciled in in America Father's Day for quite a while. I think it's been an unknown Pixar project up oh. till now for Father's Day, and I wonder. Nothing is ever unintentional with Pixar. Mm-hmm. You just kind of wonder. Oh, fiery young woman and go with the flow guy. <laughs> 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 uh? <laughs> if it's a so rom com, so then I'm here for it. Oh my god! Let's can see. you imagine? They've released a couple of names already. So um, the the uh, female character uh, who's from a fire nation, I guess if we're going to get into that side of things, uh, <laughs> is called Ember. And the, the guy made of water is called Wade. Nice. Okay. So, wow. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> See what doing there, Pixar. Very, very good. Okay. Right. So... Uh, on to the on to the next thing and so well you guys remember a simple favor right what the, sorry what you know, a simple favor the big the big 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 film from 2018 you know, not a clue what you're talking about people were mad for it they were like oh my god you know this big old film from paul feig starring 
Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. Oh, what Everyone Ghostbusters? Was... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but it was but it was without any uh, proton packs, and it was a very incredibly heavily queer coded mystery drama <laughs> camp thing. No, not ringing yes, a bell. No, I I do re- I do remember it, Simon. Yes. Okay, <laughs> of course you do. Of course <laughs> you do. Everyone remembers a simple favor. Um, it turns out that Lionsgate are calling in another. Favor. Is this your way of saying you don't remember this film? No, no, I do. I think it was really good. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's been so long. It's been four oh, I years. See. <laughs> it's a simple favor. Um, and yeah, Lionsgate have decided uh, no more dragging their heels on this one. They are finally going to commit to a simple favor to another simple, a simpler favor, the simplest favor, a complicated favor. Ah, <laughs> I'm well. put it on its head. <laughs> um, but where yeah, do you so... go? Where do you go with this? Well, I feel like are they gonna? I, is, I won't is it gonna... lie. Can't remember how it ended. It felt pretty standalone, from what I can remember. Yeah, it did. Like, it... but the, it was the... entertaining enough. It it wasn't the greatest film. It had its flaws but it was very entertaining yeah i'm wondering if because anna kendrick's character was very much like well by the end of it the the main character in the sense that they could have like a like a benoit blanc style thing where she comes in (laughs) and out of different mysteries but i don't know (laughs) it's yeah very odd because yeah i feel like Especially Blake Lively's character was um, wrapped up, certainly. Yeah. But, well, I say wrapped up. I saw some of her costume choices and wrapped up in the middle of autumn in America is very much not the vibe uh, that she was given off. But, um, but no, no, she was serving some extra look, excellent looks. Uh, and so, yeah, but we'll have to see. have to see what happens. Wolfie rarely missteps. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed something good comes of this. Okay, and well, we, again, keeping it short and sweet on the news this week, and well, we couldn't not, as as Jumpcast, ignore the big Ryan Gosling news. So, it turns out that uh, there was some rumblings of a film between uh, being worked on between him and David Leach, uh, Leach, 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 uh, however you say it, the guy who made or well, co-directed uh, the first John Wick film and then went on to make things like Deadpool Two, uh, Bullet Train, which is coming out later this year. He's now working with Ryan Gosling to make an adaptation of The Fool Guy. Uh, so this was uh, Lee Major's um, 1980s TV show uh, about a stuntman who <laughs> works as a bounty hunter. It's you know it's it's got it's it's got an idea there, um, but I mean it's just great to see Ryan Gosling doing more stuff. I feel like he's been away for a little bit, and now there's a lot you know there's a lot of stuff coming up uh, involving him. Uh, so, uh, Charlotte, what are your thoughts on Ryan Gosling being the fool guy? I don't really have any. In like, a, I have no expectations, but it's really nice to see him back out there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Can't say fairer than that. Uh, Alex, what about yourself? I mean, he's booked and busy, as he should be. Exactly. Yes. As he should be. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know anything about this uh, this 80s TV show, but after reading the synopsis, it sounds absolutely brilliant. And I feel like Ryan Gosling is perfect for it. Oh, yeah. Let's say, yeah. I feel like he's, yeah, he's been enjoying life just doing his own thing. And obviously we've got the big film coming out next year starring him. Yes. Um, and then you also have, isn't there a film with him and Chris Evans coming out later this year? Oh, maybe, yes. Yeah. I forgot what it's called. With the, the, the facial hair. That's it. Yes. Yeah. With, um, directed by Gay Joe Russo, I think. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> him from Avengers Endgame. Um, Mar- Marvel's first openly gay character. Marvel's first openly gay character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, well, God, my voice is starting to disappear. So, uh, but yeah, that was the news, uh, and we shall move swiftly on to trailer talk. Trailer talk. Trailer. 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 Talk. Talk about them now. Cool. Uh, so. Well, we have a few that we're going to talk about, but very, very quickly, because it came out and would have been ripe for discussion last week if we'd gone ahead. Um, two seconds each on the Avatar The Way of Water trailer go. Alex. Yes. Charlotte. Wet. Cool. Oh, and no, I was... out of context, I didn't sound good. <laughs> someone, someone was gonna, someone's going to take that. And, uh... Oh. <laughs> No. No, 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 no. Oh, God. No. The internet. Bad internet. Um, blue is go... my favourite colour. I was going to say, my my one word would have been blue. There's so blue. much blue. Very blue. <laughs> I was going to say, Jake Sully lives in a blue house with a blue window. <laughs> <laughs> he has a girlfriend, and she is so blue. Well, I mean, she literally is. Um, but yeah, yeah, looks fine. Cool. Okay, so let's move on to Trailer Talk proper, and we start with a film with Chris Hemsworth not playing a fun-loving Australian himbo, playing Sinister American, in fact, uh, in what looks a little bit like High Life, but not on space, Spiderhead. So this has got a fairly decent cast alongside uh, Chrissy, Chrissy H. Um... But yeah, what do you guys think about this? Um, Charlotte, what are your thoughts on Spiderhead? I felt like he was channeling uh, his bad times at the El Royale, that kind of vibe from Chrissy Ooh. H. Um, <laughs> that I'm is not... his official title now. It is. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Miles Teller. Mm. Uh, but this seemed like the right role for him. Yeah. And... I felt like this had kind of ex machina vibes as well. Very intriguing. Oh yeah, intriguing. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of intrigue, a lot of suspense, and um, yeah, more than a fair share of narcotics by the look of things. Um, but Alex, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Spiderhead? Well, I just want to say, Charlotte, you completely stole my thunder on this one because the first thing I was going to say was that Chris H was giving me very Oscar Isaac in ex machina vibes. <laughs> and then the second thing I was going to say is I was going to make a joke saying that Hollywood clearly hadn't listened to my prayer circle of can Miles Teller be in less films. <laughs> <laughs> We're the same person. I think we've known this for a while. <laughs> uh, but 
but yeah, no, it looks really interesting. I must admit. Um, and I and I don't, I don't hate Miles Teller. Okay, do not take that out of context. It's just... too late. I've already told him. We were having a conversation the other day. <laughs> that... I was like, Sorry, Miles, Miles. Uh, Miley. That's what I call him. <laughs> Mt. Uh, <laughs> he. You know what? He's he's fine. He do, he doesn't he doesn't um he doesn't, doesn't need my get, validation. It doesn't he doesn't let it get to him. No, that's what he said. He doesn't need to. He said it with a very croaky voice and you know um, oh. a wobbly li- wobbly lip, but he's fine. <laughs> and then he went, oh, "I'm upset," like in um, <laughs> Whiplash. <laughs> a bit weird. <laughs> anyway. Played the drums till his fingers bled. Oh God! Yes, it was <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so let's move on uh, to a film that one of us has already seen and has raved about this a lot, and has made best friends with one of the film's characters. <laughs> yes. Um. So I, I, it has to be said, I have a vested interest in this film. A vested um, interest. It is my second favorite film of the year, as you'll find out a bit later on. Um so far yeah uh and i watched the trailer and it is such a beautiful encapsulate uh, i'll try that again <laughs> such a beautiful encapsulation of the film and i cannot wait and i mean that cannot wait for people to see this because it is just pure unadulterated debut i cannot speak today joy it's just joyful it's just nice completely brilliant um so the film we're talking about is brian and charles Oh yeah, um, probably tell people that. You that. probably should tell people that. So this was, so yeah, as Alex has pretty much summed up, uh, something he saw at Sundance at the beginning of this year. Yeah. And yeah, so this was the, so I'd seen the pictures and I'd heard about Charles Petrescu from, uh, from Alex, uh, but this was the first I'd actually seen of anything of the film. And I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. Uh, and everything about Charles Petrescu, I already fascinated by and captivated by um what about charlotte what about yourself how are you feeling about brian and charles from what we've seen so far so this is i don't know the what's the uk release date do we know the middle of june okay so sundance isn't that early a preview then is it okay because i immediately watched that trailer and was like ah that's the one because i like to buy tickets for one event at sundance each year and i was like that might be my one because the trailer is so sort of feel good, uh, unusual, and I mean my kryptonite is communities coming together and yeah. kindness, and that instantly ticked those boxes with this trailer. Let's say yeah, I am, I'm, I'm there, and yeah, just I don't know what it was about just seeing this robot. Sorry, um, and just hearing that voice, but something just made me feel a little bit manic. Been watching it, <laughs> it is in this really weird way, and it just felt like um, okay. I don't really know how to feel, but it just feels really good. So yeah, um, but cool. So that's Brian and Charles coming at you next month. Uh, so up next we have a Hulu film, uh, and this is Brian Cranston playing a criminal. Who would have thought? Uh, it's Jerry and Marge go large. Uh, so this time, not Breaking Bad with drugs, Breaking Bad with lottery tickets. Um, and yeah, I mean, it looks like, yeah, looks fine. 
Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on Jerry and Marge go large from what we've seen so far? Is this based on a true story? I think so. I would have thought... It, I, it does feel like that kind of thing, doesn't it? Because if it is, I then Jerry Brown so. should have just took a leaf out of this guy's book. and <laughs> Based no, on a true yeah. story. Oh, it is? Okay, yeah. It Based on really a 2018 Huffington Post article. Okay. Yes, so they um, basically they had a, a loophole uh, in a lottery setup. A mathematical setup. loophole, right? A mathematical loophole. Um, and basically it was a little bit of a Robin Hood tale. Um, it was... so they, they Redistributing gained... the wealth to Essentially, yes. the community. Yeah, so they... they things uh, we love to see. Things we love to mm-hmm. see. Taking on the man with all the cash. And, um, yeah, giving that money to the people who need it. It's what we love to see. Um, but, yeah, this looks fine, as far as I can tell, anyway. Uh, Charlotte, what are your thoughts on the trailer for Jerry and Marge Go Large? As we hopefully all know, I'm really into listening to podcasts about con people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I watched this and was like, yep, yeah, that will do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that will do it. <laughs> yeah. That'll do it. So yeah, I I hope this is good fun. Um, I feel like aside from his bit in Godzilla, like there have not been that many like feature appearances from uh, Brian Cranston that have been that great. I don't think that's too controversial an opinion. But I don't know. What do you guys think on that? I might be missing one I'm that I think what he has been in. So he was in that Trumbo film, which was. Fine, if not a, ver- a bit mm. very dry. Uh, he was also in Why Him, starring James <laughs> Franco. Oh, yeah. Wasn't he in Godzilla? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apart from that, which he was very good in, um, obviously, albeit briefly. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else that is like particularly stand out that he's been in on the big screen, like post two thousand and ten. Um, well, no, yeah. Oh, God, he was in that awful film with Kevin Hart, The Intouchable. The remake, ah, yeah. Yes. Ugh. He, was, yeah. He, he did have a small voice role in Isle of Dogs. He did, he did. And I think he's going to be in the next... Um, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, uh, yeah, Asteroid City. I think he's going to be in that. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mixed. Mixed. Mixed, certainly. Um, but yeah. I think he's just very much done his well, he's done his bit, hasn't he, in terms of the small screen stuff. Uh but yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh right, so the last little stop on this trailer talk parade. Why not? Let's go with that. I'm here with it. Um so this was a teaser more than anything, because this is another one coming to Hulu, so almost certainly to Disney Plus in the summer. And well, it's from the director of Ten Cloverfield Lane, Dan Trachtenberg, and this is Prey. Now, this, for those of you who aren't in the know, is the Predator prequel? Question mark. Yeah, so, yeah, their origin story. Basically, yeah. Um. So yeah, it's well. Very little known about it. We do know that that involves um, indigenous people in America and Native Americans. 
Um, so, well, certainly that's what the trailer gives off. It's, yeah. it's a bit of a chase and chaser and you know, how all those roles might uh, reflect and refract. But for now, at least, uh, yeah, we know we know this much. Uh, but Charlotte, from what we've seen so far and given the general excitement or maybe even lack thereof, who knows? Well, how do you feel about Prey? Uh, yeah, I thought the trailer had really interesting, like intriguing vibes. And then the 10 Cloverfield Lane, I was thinking about it, and I think that has a case for the scariest 12A out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> thought I was going to be fine. I went with my boss to see it uh, after we did an Easter school. This is information you didn't need. I just wanted to picture. I was like, woo, summer, <laughs> oh, Easter, woo, holiday. And then I bricked my pants. I was very scared. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> because it, it's so tense, that film. And I think that's what a Predator film needs. Not It was a Predator film a couple of years ago, right? The one by your oh, fella from the... The Shane Black Shane one, Black. yeah. That was... No. That was awfully bad. Like, yeah. Horrendous. But this has something really interesting about it that I'm looking forward to seeing. So yeah, I I can't not be intrigued. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but what about you, Alex? How are you feeling about Prey? As an executive somewhere at 20th Century Studios who gets paid like upwards of five, six figures, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> Prey. <laughs> no, I I've never se- I've never seen any Predator movies. I've never not? really it's Ooh. never really tickled me fancy. Um, I, say, I think the first one is very good. It's yeah, not great, maybe I need but to, it's very good. I need to do catch up. I've, I mean, I need to do catch up on a lot of things. Let's be fair. Um, <laughs> th- this is just one of those things. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I don't really have any any skin in the game, so to speak, on this one. <laughs> a weirdly apt phrase for the uh, predator. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, this series has certainly seen its fair share of skin, uh, both on and off its main characters. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm. I'm kind of in between you two guys. I think Dan Trachtenberg already has uh, some previous with making a really interesting film, um, but I'm I'm finding it hard to be super excited because yeah, after 2018, like it just yeah, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, so that thus concludes trailer talk. Uh, now, as we do every week. We are going to say our thanks to the people who have made Jump Cut Online so, so great over, well, all this time. And, you know, as Jumpcast, it is a pleasure to give thanks. So um, who is it this week to, to, to thank those who have? I've got the names here right now, okay. so I can I can take it away. Yeah, good in that case. Yeah, it's, if, yeah. if you've got it, then yeah. want it. So uh, we, as always, as we always do, would like to say thank you to our top supporters. And they are Chris Wilson, Enon Films, Robert Denny, Daryl Griffiths, Sam Luck, Ola Smith, Peter Hodgkins, Andy Meekin, Fabiana Rosas, Hamish Calver, Manuel Bento and Joe Craig. Thank you very much. Wonderful. 
thank you guys. It's so appreciated for all you do and have done. Okay, so without further ado, let's get into the films. And well, we mentioned this at the start of May, maybe the end of April. I think it might have just been us, Alex, but we said May's a lean old month um, in terms of cinema releases. It so really it's worked has out. Been. Yeah, yeah. So it's worked out quite nicely that um, we've been off a couple of weeks and let these two accumulate and come together. In fact, it's worked out quite nicely. So. Um, yeah, given that we have two multiverse films to talk about, I'm just wondering where we should start. In fact, you know what? Let's start with the more conventional multiverse film. <laughs> um, so, gosh, yeah, that's a phrase you never thought you'd end up saying. Uh, so Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, directed by Sam Raimi. If you don't know what this is about by now, then my goodness, where have you been? But long story short, Doctor Strange being a supposed master of the mystic arts, uh, but not the Sorcerer Supreme, if you are fully caught up with your Spider-Man's men, what have you. Um, he goes in search of uh, America Chavez, played by Zoshi uh, Gomez. Yeah, sorry, my brain Correct. just disappeared for a second there. Uh, <laughs> it's just absolute brain fog. Um, uh, because she's been chased in his dreams by demons and monsters, and it might all have something to do with resident witch of the Scarlet Variety, Wanda Maximoff. Cue all sorts of crazy multiverse jumping. Well, I say crazy. <laughs> Some multiverse jumping. <laughs> uh, conveniently landing in the ones that are really easy and cheap to film. But before we get into what we really thought about these films, uh, this film in particular, uh, I, yeah, I actually, yeah, why not? Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Uh, so, Charlotte, I'm going to come to you first. What are your thoughts on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Oh, oh, where to start? Okay, <laughs> I want to pick up something you said. Uh, it wasn't shady because it was true. Um, they go to a multiverse here, a parallel universe if that's the right term an alternate universe and the craziest thing is there are plants everywhere but there are still cars and for <laughs> me that kind of summed up the film's approach to multiverseness that i guess there are set remits when you are a marvel film when you are a hollywood blockbuster on how crazy you can go and I think in lots of ways the film does defy expectation and plays with convention and it does use the horror tropes quite effectively. But for me, that was such a big thing. Like, whoa, we're in this mad new world. And, uh, okay, there are plants. <laughs> and when you've got the other film we're going to talk about today, that really becomes apparent, that difference. And again, like, there are different pressures on the films. There are different uh, budgets. There are different... There's a lot riding on Doctor Strange being a block in a big old temple to superheroes. Whereas every, the other film we're going to talk about today, not being specific, has a bit more freedom, arguably. Um, I thought Benici, as is my way today, apparently, Benedict Cumberbatch does a very good job in the lead role. I really liked one particular sequence involving music, not to be too specific. Yep. I would have questions. I am one of those people who is slightly 
dubious of the 12-0 rating. Just because I see it on a day-to-day basis with the kids I teach that 12A doesn't mean what I think BBFC intends 12A to mean. And I don't know if you guys had this, there were a couple of kids at my screening who were quite frightened by some of the sequences. And I know how that would have happened. I was quite an emotional, I mean, I still am quite an emotional 29 year old, let alone 10 year old. (laughs) There was a bit in there I would have had a real issue with that had me feeling a bit, ooh, now. Um, I liked the cameos. I'm on the side of the fence of the cameos. Uh, It felt a bit long. I would say it I liked it it's not top tier for me the way it is for some people but it did the job hmm. yes yeah yes all right then um well that's good that's good to hear I'm, I'm glad that you I'm glad that you enjoyed it um Alex what were your yes. thoughts on the visit from the good doctor this time around yeah I think I kind of agree with Charlotte on most things. Um, I think the thing I wanted to probably touch on a little bit more was I think the weight of expectation with this film. Mm. I especially like the fact that it's been, I mean, it got announced at what? Comic Con 2019? Yeah. And we were meant to begin it like the end of 2020, then it was the beginning of 2021. And, you know, it's been delayed and delayed for however long because of the pandemic. And it's been billed as like this big thing where it's been building up from WandaVision and Loki and Spider-Man even and all of that kind of stuff. And I I don't like want to sound man-babyish or ungrateful, but it did just feel a little bit underwhelming. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's fair enough. I'd like, say. yeah. I, d- I don't know what I was expecting and like what I thought I needed. I don't know. It's just a bit weird. But um, everybody was wonderful. I thought uh, Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch is basically he is Doctor Strange now. I mean, he just plays the character so well. He really knows it. Um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. I mean, powerhouse, favorite MCU character, hands down. And she just completely blew my socks off, as she always does. I thought Sochi Gomez was a brilliant addition. I really like America Chavez. Um, I like her as a character. I can't wait to see more of her um, in the MCU. Am I right in thinking she's getting her own series? Yeah. There rumblings, yes. Um, and then, of course, there is the the big rumbling rumor of, uh, of the Young Avengers, potentially. Mm, which okay, I assume yeah. she would fit into if that was a, a thing that was to happen in the future. Um, I think uh, a shout out to Benedict Wong as well, who mm. is just always uh, brilliant, and it's always exciting to see him yeah. in where wherever we see him now in the MCU. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think on the, on that same topic, I think that's the first time I've kind of come out of an MCU film in recent years where I've kind of gone, okay, maybe, 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 maybe I need to pump the brakes a little bit. Which I didn't want. I I did not want that at all because I love the MCU and I love watching all of these films and all of the interconnecting things and I love keeping up with it. Um, but yeah, and I probably still will. Okay. 
yeah, that's 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 fair enough. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm with you guys in many ways. I think um, I enjoyed it. I certainly did. I think it was. I do think it was a bit too long. I certainly think that. Um, the thing is, I. I'm a little bit iffy on the cameos front. I mean, I felt like I've been on this point with Spider-Man, certainly in the past, and with other, um, well, with other films of this ilk in 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 previous um, iterations. Is that I just feel like I know why they're there, and I feel like so Michael Waldron, who uh, who wrote this, who also wrote Loki, yes. um, he's gone on record to say. Well, we had to have those characters because they would be in that multiverse. I just kind of felt like, I mean, that's just saying that they were there because they would be there. I was like, it's not really a valid point. It's not really a good story thing. Uh, what does it do beyond just kind of saying, oh, remember that there are superheroes in our universe. Well, there are superheroes in that universe. And it's like, and here's some that you may already recognize. Uh, it is a bit funny that in an infinite multiverse that they end up in one with recognisable IP characters. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Um, I think that the film is at its best when it lets Sam Raimi do the Sam Raimi thing. When it lets him really go, okay, you are a man who likes putting your camera in your actors' faces waving it around a bit and getting them to scream with their eyes wide open. And they're like, great, cool, have lots of that. And every time that happened, and every time it whip-panned across uh, a whole scene and a whole set, uh, and this film actually has sets, and it has colour, and it has uh, characters with stakes, even if they're so small that it's every day, I feel like those bits are great. And it's just like, you can see... Raimi just kind of poking through the the machine bits and going, hey, yeah, there's a film in here. And those bits I really liked and appreciated. And yeah, the, the sequence with the music that you mentioned, Charlotte, I remember watching that. So I've seen this twice. The first time I very much enjoyed it. The second time I was with the audience from hell. Uh, so didn't enjoy it that much. Oh. Um, genuinely... Um, when you say the audience from hell, do you mean they cheered? I mean, oh no, 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 uh, no cheering in, no cheering in no either cheering. viewing. In fact, interesting. Some okay. gasps, some ooh, ooh, some yeah, but um, but yeah, no clapping, no cheering. Uh, but there was a child behind me going, "I'm really bored." All the way <laughs> through it, uh, and can we go in five minutes? And then there were people on their phones, one person filming it, uh, another couple behind us loudly talking about everything except the film. Um, so basically, if you want to watch a film and have a really good time, don't go to the O2 Cineworld. Oh, see, I went there Oh, on opening okay. night. Uh, I went um, 4DX 3D and it was a whale of a time. Okay, it was right. a great so, audience. In that case, don't bother with the Sunday afternoon audience at the O2 Cineworld <laughs> at a regular was, 2D screening. I was also there yesterday for the other film we're going to talk about. It was a oh, good audience nice. as well. See, I don't know what it is. I, I've been to that Cineworld a lot of times. 
Um, not as much now because I, I don't live in the area, but so many times that I've been there, I've had such terrible audiences and very oh. little in the way of people on hand to, well, first of all, people on hand full stop and the people mm. who are around giving much of a bother, to use a nice word, to do anything about it. So, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, long story short, I do think that it is a good film. I do think that it is very machine tooled as these things are. Um, and I certainly came out of it the second time around feeling a bit disappointed because of the, the overall situation. Um, I do wonder if this is a film that's going to last very well in the memory, mainly because I was trying to think about it. And aside from those cameos and that third act, which is really fun. And that music fight thing. Okay, we give that away a bit there. Well, um, there's. I, I was trying to think back and be like, okay, so what's the story? What are the stakes? And aside from, like, and I found a really interesting take on this whole thing about how Wanda's character is treated. And this is all aside from Elizabeth Olsen's performance, which is great. Um. And just kind of just kind of bringing it into like how her stakes are established and what her goals are in the film. Yeah. And it just felt like that's actually really interesting. I will say I have seen some absolutely terrible takes about this film since it came out. Do they do any of them or all of them involve the phrase M C U? Probably, yeah. I mean half of them or ninety percent of them most probably. Um, no, I think like because to be fair, one the first time I came out of what of when I came out of watching it the first time, um, I did feel a little bit disgruntled about Wanda's story arc in the film. Mm. But I think after sitting on it and then watching it a second time, I understood it a bit more and was kind of a lot more on board with it than I thought I was going to be. Yeah, um, okay. and I kind of appreciated it a bit more. And I also like, because I mean, you know, all in all, this is a Doctor Strange film. It is about Doctor Strange. Yeah. And I feel like he, even his, his like, arc throughout the film is is very well done and very well realised. Yes. I think it does put some layers on him, where I feel like before, it's just felt a bit like, oh, it's the Benedict Cumberbatch performance. It's yeah. the a-hole genius. Yeah. Have you but... <laughs> ever done the attachment style survey? You can do a quiz and you find out your attachment style in relationships. And I oh, find no. out I'm fearful avoidant. And I was watching Doctor Strange and at one point I think they literally call him fearful avoidant or as close to as possible. I was like, oh, that's good to know. That's my representation. <laughs> oh, lovely. Okay. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Um, but yeah, I do think it is very good. And I think that when it goes horror, it's brilliant and every time that benedict wong is on screen i was filled with joy because he totally got it mm-hmm. what was that <laughs> fortify your mind yeah that's literally what i was gonna say this is so funny i love it so oh. good oh it's so great and when it is allowed to be camp and silly i was like yep this is great this is really great um i just wish there were more of it but there we go um so, going from the $200 million budget Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness to the $25 million budget Everything Everywhere All at Once 
So this is the latest film from Daniels. So Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Uh, they made previously Swiss Army Man, which is a fascinating film. If you are not absolute banger, an excellent film, uh, and another one which is just you hear the synopsis and you go, "Oh come on," and then you watch it and you're absolutely weeping by the end of it. Uh, so <laughs> uh, this is the story of. Evelyn Wong, Evelyn Wang, sorry, uh, who is a first generation? No, no, she she was so she's a, a Chinese immigrant uh, who left home uh, to fall in love and marry her sweetheart Waymond, um, much to the chagrin of her father, played by James Hong, uh, Evelyn played by Michelle Yeoh. And uh, Wayman played by Kay Kwan. So already, excellent, excellent cast. Uh, and we catch them as they are about to go to the IRS building to submit their tax assessment to Deirdre Bo Beardry, <laughs> played by Jamie Lee Curtis. And as things start to go wrong, as certain tax-deductible items are starting to be questioned, including the karaoke machine, and uh, because Evelyn says that she's a singer, yep. we also find out that she's purporting to be an author, uh, a gymnast, uh, a martial artist, and many other things. So many failed opportunities and failed hobbies at life. And a fractured relationship with her daughter Joy, played by Stephanie Hsu. And then, out of nowhere, Waymond flicks into something, gives Evelyn a set of headphones, and goes, here are some instructions. Imagine you're in a janitor's closet, and away we go. And away we go. Uh, and off on a journey, again, through a multiverse of madness, it must be said. Uh, to destroy an uh, interdimensional, interuniversal force, and to and and basically to save the multiverse. Um, now, guys, now, I mean that was a synopsis that, I, that, to be honest, barely scratches the surface. I'll be completely candid there. Um, I have so much to say about this film, and I'm going to save myself because, yeah, uh, but. I'm going to go to Alex and say, what did you think of Everything Everywhere all at once? I don't think anything quite prepares you for uh, the experience you're going to have when you watch this film for the first time. Because um, I, I may have watched like one trailer. I tried my best to, um, to really not watch uh, anything about it and try and not know anything about it before going watching it which meant it was doubly annoying that when i went to watch the imax preview of this at an odeon cinema that before the film they showed a trailer for the film no i was like why why are you doing this <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's besides the point um it's so i've seen this film twice now and it is still I still feel like I can't quite comprehend how, like, I, I see, I have no words. Yeah, absolutely no words. Um, 
bottom line, I absolutely adored it. Like it, it is phenomenal filmmaking. It is utterly, utterly mind blowing. And you know, it starts off, and it is kind of a a little a little slower pace towards the beginning. But once it kicks in, it absolutely kicks in and does not stop for one second whatsoever. Um, it's interesting that the multiverse is the idea of this film because what you expect to happen in a certain moment, the Daniels have clearly thought of 60,000 other things that could have happened in that moment <laughs> and gone for the 61,000th thing. Yeah. Um, you just really will never see any any of it coming whatsoever. Um. It's creative. It's, I. It's just I. I yeah. I can't even. It is not just my favorite film of this year so far, but it is potentially one of my favorite films of the past decade, the twenty first century ever, <laughs> my life, entire life. <laughs> when you talk about like life changing films and watching films that you know it it's before this film and after this film you have life before this film and after this film and that is what everything everywhere all at once is wow um, okay charlotte follow that oh uh, uh, wow <laughs> setting me up for um <laughs> this film apparently cost about 25 million dollars and was shot in eight weeks and that blows your mind when you think Again, it's not fair to compare films. There's so many things that make that unfair as a comparison, like literal comparison. But when you think as a rough guide, what they have achieved with this film in that space of time with those remits, it's it shows how miraculous cinema can be. When you think of life generally, sometimes it's hard to find a kind of meaning in stuff happening. When you then think of the multiverse, it all feels kind of pointless because everything is small and lacks kind of meaning. And what this film really shows with the multiverse is actually, yes, it could be, it is possible to view that so nihilistically, but actually it's really quite wondrous when you put it in the right frame of mind, the hope within that, the joy that can be found within the everyday. and also just in the creativity involved in this film, like at, po- at points it is mental. I laughed a lot. I think I nearly cried repeatedly. Oh, it does feel like soul touching what's on display here. Yeah. There's a profoundness to it that isn't is accessible, it isn't snooty or it just kinda is. It's really beautiful. I completely agree. Um, so I, yeah, I saw this last night uh, as time of recording. Um, so this would have been, uh, in fact, and I, I will say as well as a PSA to people who uh, were looking to come and see this at a Cine World in particular. This is getting a wider release uh, across those screens in the UK. Um, so this as is of, if, as of today, if you're listening to the podcast on the day of release. Yeah, so there are even more opportunities to go and see this film, and I feel like having seen it, it's 
there are some films that come along and they're just so profoundly just effective in getting across their message um and just how how joyously creative they are and just a, a testament to how how much love and care and um an originality can be put into something uh that you know will take up all of two hours of your time and it's just the most phenomenal film i think i've seen in a long time if not ever i love this film so much i like you guys i have i laughed through this so many times sometimes out loud proper belly laughing not just a <laughs> that was quite good like proper like laughing till i was croaking um and at points i was in absolute floods and paroxysms of crying in tears because it's just it's it's got everything everywhere all at once fittingly um there are so many different because this is a film about about all those things about um you know the scale and size of an ever growing and ever expanding universe multiverse dimensions upon dimensions and uh, all of them based around choices that humans make and it's just as soon as you have like you know and you have someone who is as as they say in the film someone who is living their worst them you know they they can tap into these different worlds and opportunities and possibilities and lost hopes and um and missing joys you know again using that word very fit like very pointedly um and there are just like there are moments upon moments and within moments as well and there are so many things that you know you'll be watching over and over again there was someone who said that you know you can go and see a good film and take everything you need from it but great films give you what you put into it um you can be they can be interpreted and reimagined and reexamined over and over again and they'll give you something new and valid every time and i feel like this is this is one of those films it's you know it, it's something that comes along very rarely maybe once a generation potentially and i was watching this and i just found myself thinking this film makes me want to be more hopeful i just found myself thinking this is the kind of film you watch and you just come at, you come out at the end of it and go it's going to be okay like no matter what is happening you just kind of feel like you could be at your lowest point your lowest ebb in life and this film will make you go there is something that will keep you going and you know whether that's something big and profound as um a child or a relationship or it's something as small as filling in a tax return or keeping a laundrette running or playing the piano with your feet and having hot dog fingers <laughs> or getting you know mis misquoting uh, a Pixar film and finding out that your misquote is is exactly spot on <laughs> um the latter point, in fact, was one of the moments where I was in absolute floods, just hoping for the best for everyone involved in that universe. <laughs> because, yeah. Um, and on that point, even, like, again, getting into the minutiae of it, like the soundtrack, that universe has its own soundtrack, which is co-written and co-performed by Randy Newman. D d doesn't 
Randy Newman voiced that specific character too. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and sings as that. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. It's just impeccable. Impeccable. Absolutely impeccable. Like it's just I, the attention to detail, isn't it? Like it's the attention to detail, and I do think. Like, I don't think it's going to be a film which everyone is going to find a rhythm with straight away. Like the film, I, the, the screening I went in was packed, but people did walk out. And I, I understand that because it is a film which has been marketed on its weirdness. Certainly. I think yeah. that's been a big selling point is this is a strange film. Um, but I think once you get on that rhythm and on that wavelength with it, you go, Oh, hang on a minute. No, this is this makes perfect sense. Like every step and every bit of creative choice, you just go, yeah, that that makes perfect sense in this multiverse. Like it's which is weird because the whole thing is about finding that one thing that makes sense in everything that doesn't and just hanging on to that for dear life. And genuinely, I could talk about this forever. And I know we say this every time we find a good film, but if I find if if we find a film which is as good, if not better than this, I will say not only is this year one of the greatest films for cinema, but I think like I don't know if we could top it. I just don't know. It's it's so interesting, isn't it? Because the the story at the heart of this film has been told so many times before. Yeah. But even after watching it twice, it feels like it's never been told in such a vast and intimate way both at the same time yeah that it's yeah. just in it and in a world and an age and a day where ev- the one thing everyone is always complaining about is that there's not no originality left in hollywood i mean case in point i see and and the, the great news that is, there is that well, yeah, and also that people are reacting to it. Like this film has made its budget back and was probably going to turn a profit. Like it's looking to be a twenty four's highest grossing film. Yeah, like it has like Lady Bird and Uncut Gems to beat, and I think it tops it. And I'm pretty sure it will. And it probably will because the drop off has been so small every week. Like people are clamoring to see this film. It's just phenomenal. Like it's, it's so great. It's so interesting, isn't it? Uh, that I was gonna say, get, get just give the Daniels all the money in the world to do whatever they want, but give them twenty five million and they'll make something like that. I mean, it's yeah. just. But yeah. this is this is it, and I feel like, you know, I I feel like I've probably said this before in some capacity, is that the best. Uh, and the and certainly the best cinema comes when you put constraints on things and you tell people to go find a solution. It's that's where you find really great stuff and where you find really great art. Not in every case, admittedly. You know, you got your asylum films and things like that, like your Sharknados. <laughs> Excuse but, me. <laughs> oh, come on. But genuinely, I this is one of those cases where you go right. You have an idea, do it under budget and in on on schedule and i want to see it and just yeah and there we go case in point you have films like this and yeah this is this yeah i i'm putting out there this will be the best film i see this year and it's already going to be an all-timer for me yeah agreed yeah
maybe minions rise up where he might just push them. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think there's been a point where I've actually found myself getting emotional in the review, and you can probably hear it in my voice now. Actually, I know I've been a bit croaky all the time, anyway. But, um, but yeah, that's really it's just it's just done a number on me this film. Um, but yeah, that that's everything everywhere all at once. Um, apologies to every film that comes out. <laughs> after this film for the rest of time we're just gonna be like well it's no everything everywhere all at once <laughs> but no no genuinely i'm excited to see what the rest of this year holds for us if this is may and we're talking about a film like this um but well um next week what have we even got coming out emergency emergency yep oh and benediction yes yeah and some remasters, I believe, of Robocop, which I think I mentioned before. Oh, and also we've got our film club to finally catch up with. <laughs> yes. <sighs> I need to watch Over the Hedge. I, I still need to get around to that. I will do, I promise, so that we can carry this on. But until then, I feel like we should probably wrap up, hey guys? Yep, sounds yeah. like a plan. I feel like that's a wrap. Um, if only to save our collective voices and energies so that we can <laughs> so that there can be an episode next week um, but yeah thank you so much for listening to this what ended up being a multiverse special um, and an hour shorter than both films we talked about um, <laughs> but until next week and until we crack on with those films I've been Simon Whitlock and Charlotte has been Charlotte Harrison Charlotte Stay Sexy Harrison. Charlotte Stay Sexy Harrison. God, there's a multiverse where you forgot to say that and God, <laughs> I can't even imagine what the... <laughs> oh, goodness me. Uh, but Alex has been Alex Gilston. Yeah, Alex definitely doesn't have a sort of text in the middle of his name's Gilston. <laughs> <laughs> He's all text, baby. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see you for our next episode next week on the next jump cast we'll see you then love you lots bye